0: So today I am beginning a new sermon series for the next four Sundays, including today, called Jesus is the Reason for the Season. Jesus is the Reason for the Season. And today's message is titled with two words, Christmas Joy. In fact, if we could just walk away with one word today, I want you to walk away with the word joy. Say joy with me. Joy. Say it one more time, please. Joy. Joy. I don't know if any of you like to do Black Friday shopping, but I do. <laughs> A few years ago, I used—I thought the people were just the craziest people on God's earth who went Black Friday shopping, and I joined in with all the fun. And so this uh, past uh, Thursday evening, after I had my large, <laughs> extra-large Thanksgiving dinner... I decided I was going to mosey on down to Walmart, but, but let me back up. On Wednesday, I got, to my, I got to my grandparents' house, and the first thing I asked for is, where's the Walmart ad? <laughs> and I opened up the Walmart ad, and I began to search it, every page, finding, trying to figure out what I was going to buy. And I saw the Apple Watch on the very front page. And I began to tell everybody, I'm going to get the Apple Watch and the iPad." Every year before this time, I got to Walmart about 4.30 or 5 o'clock, had no problem getting what I wanted. Now, this year was a little different story. We get to Walmart about 5 p.m., and I found the ad again, and I found the map. And I figured out finally after a little research that the iPad and the Apple Watch was at the sporting goods section. So I get over to the sporting goods section in Covington, and um, I noticed that the line was wrapped around a little and then down another aisle, so I got about, I, I, was, I was probably about 20 or 25th in line, and I thought to myself, this is going to be no problem at all, and then I started to hear people cussing and swearing on the other side of the aisle. I said, oh man, we're in for a treat today. Might need to get on top of the aisle and start preaching and have an altar call, <laughs> and tell them to stop cussing and swearing. And anyways, um, they finally said that there was only a certain amount of of watches left. And so the guy in front of me just left. And I'm like, I'm going to hang out because, you know, all these people might leave and I might get only one. And so then they decided only one watch per customer. And then that really ticked a lot of people off that day. But it made me happy because I was going to get my Apple watch (laughs) that I've been wanting for years. And so I get about three people away from the counter, and they said, that's the last Apple watch. So in my mind, I thought about being like those others who were cussing and swearing and wanting to fight. (laughs) But by the grace of God, I did not do that. Today, I was there at Walmart, and my joy was disintegrated to pieces. (laughs) Isn't it funny how we put joy and value in products and possessions? When our joy is to be anchored and rooted in Jesus Christ. Today, I, I know that, that many of us are here today and maybe your joy was robbed on Black Friday like mine was. But I want you to know my joy is not found in a watch. My joy is not found in an iPad. My joy is not found in any device of electronics. My joy and our joy today is found in one person and his name is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Today, I want to share with you a key statement that if you walk away with anything besides the word joy, I want you to walk away with this thought. The Christmas story is about bringing joy to the world through Jesus Christ. The Christmas story is about bringing joy to the world through Jesus Christ. Today is December the 1st. For the rest of this month, we get an opportunity of a lifetime throughout the year of telling people about the greatest joy in all the world, and His name is Jesus. I want to ask and answer this question. How can we bring joy to the world? Have you ever thought about that? How can we? I mean, did you know, by the way, that the Christmas story is only found in two sections of the Word of God? It's found in two Gospels. It's found in the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke. Matthew chapter 1 and Matthew chapter 2 and Luke chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2. And the main key characters of the Christmas story is, of course, Jesus, of course, I mean, he's the main character of the entire Bible, but Mary and Joseph. Then you have Anna, the prophetess. You have Simeon, you have Zechariah, and you have Elizabeth, and then you have one that most people look over, and John the Baptist. Today, we're gonna to look at all of these characters very, very briefly, and speak about joy, about Christmas joy, and chapter one of the Gospel of Luke is where we read so far. And today, I wanna to share with you three pledges That we can make that will bring joy not just to you, but to everybody we encounter. The first pledge I wrote down is this from verses 14 and 44 and 47. I wrote down this first thought today I solemnly pledge that whatever comes my way, I will not lose the Christmas joy. I solemnly pledge that whatever comes my way, I will not lose the Christmas joy. So I share with you how I went to Walmart and I was declined that opportunity. Well, I decided on yesterday I was going to go to Best Buy and give God the glory. My joy was restored because they still had the Apple Watches. But anyways, I want you to know this, that that here in the midst of of Zechariah, in the midst of Mary, in the midst of John the Baptist, in the midst of this chapter, we see individuals, we see Zechariah and Elizabeth who wanted a child from a very, very young age. And Zechariah served as a priest and he was a a man greatly used of God. and, and, And they gave birth to John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus Christ. And here in this passage, the Bible talks about how God has heard his prayer for a child. And just as Abraham and Sarah had offspring later in life, the same occurred for Zechariah and Elizabeth and I know that there was times in their life when their joy was robbed they wanted a child they wanted you got to understand the culture of their day in this day in the time period of Zechariah and Elizabeth when somebody was barren a woman who could not give birth to a child or a man when they could not do that they were looked upon as the judgment of God was upon them but God's judgment wasn't on them and that's a mistaken theological aspect of the word of God that just because you can or cannot give birth does not mean you're right or not right with God. Here, we see that that God heard their prayer. And maybe you're praying a prayer. Maybe you've been praying a certain prayer or for somebody in your family for years and years and years and God hasn't come through just yet. Well, don't give up because God answers prayer and God can still Bring joy to your life. Look at verse number 13. The Bible says that Zechariah went into this temple and there he was performing the duties of a priest. And in this scene, the Bible says, a messenger or the angel of the Lord came and made his manifestation and appearance. And the Bible says that when Zechariah saw this angel standing at the right side of the altar of incense, the Bible says that he was troubled and fear came upon him. And the angel said, Do not fear, or fear not, Zechariah, for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. Verse number 14 says, And thou shalt have joy and gladness. Say that word joy with me. Joy. Say it again, please. Joy. Thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. Look at verse 15. The Bible says, For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. Remember, we have talked about before, John the Baptist, outside of Jesus Christ, was the greatest preacher to ever set foot on God's green earth. And here the Bible says, He shall be great in the sight of the Lord. I don't know about you, but, but I'd, like to, I'd like to be saw as great in the eyes of God as well. I want God's favor in my life this Christmas season. I don't want any kind of anything to get in my way and, and to rob me of the Christmas joy that we have in Jesus. And today, that should be our prayer, that, that no matter what comes our way, we will not lose the joy found in Jesus. The Bible goes on to say, That he was great in the eyes of the Lord and had a special calling on his life. And the Bible says that wine or strong drink, he will not drink. The Bible says here he shall be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And the Bible says in verse number 16, And many of the children of Israel shall turn to the Lord their God. In verse number 17, the Bible says, And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. Remember, the Old Testament talks about how Elijah is going to come right before, the four, right before Jesus Christ. And this man, John the Baptist, was in the spirit and power of Elijah, a man who was used greatly in the Old Testament. It says that to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children of Israel and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a prepared people people for the Lord. Today, we see that in the midst of a time when when maybe Zechariah gave up on his prayer, God brought joy to him again by giving them a child. But as we transition in chapter 1, We find that Gabriel, which, by the way, to my memory, only three times or four times Gabriel comes and makes his manifestation. Two times. In the book of Daniel, when Daniel needed help about the vision, he he was a very wise man, but he just didn't didn't quite understand that vision in chapter 8 and chapter 9. And and God sent Gabriel to come and help them in that process. And then we find Gabriel comes in Luke chapter number 1 and verse number 26. The Bible says that Gabriel came and spoke to Mary about how she was highly favored. And she would become blessed because she would bear the Son of God in her womb Verse number 44 tells us that after Mary received this word from Gabriel, she, she was commanded to go to her cousin Elizabeth's house and, and there they were. I, I guess it's a, it's, a, it's a woman's thing that when, when, when ladies are pregnant, they just get together and they just talk about the stuff when regarding to being pregnant. And here they got together and they were talking about a lot of different things. But one of the things that came up was about how Mary had, a, had received a word from God through Gabriel and she would bear... Jesus, Emmanuel, God in the flesh. And I'm telling you, I would have loved to have been a fly on on the wall in that meeting. But anyways, here the Bible says that, that, that when she began to share this with Elizabeth, in verse 41 of Luke chapter 1, the Bible says, The babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. The babe, John the Baptist, and Elizabeth's belly began to leap with joy. Then verse 47. Verse 46, the Bible says, Mary said, here is Mary's song of thanksgiving, we call. It says, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. In verse 44, the Bible talks about how the babe leaped in Elizabeth's womb for joy. Verse 47 speaks about how Mary had joy about the news that she was relaying. And then John the Baptist was commanded about how he would have joy from the angel. I'm here to tell you something. There's no joy like Jesus' joy. There's no joy like the joy found in Christ Jesus our Lord. I solemnly pledge that whatever comes my way, I will not lose the Christmas Joy. May I share with you from another passage in chapter 2 of the Gospel of Luke. So far we've looked at a few different characters. We've looked at Zacharias. We've looked at at, uh, Elizabeth. We've looked at John the Baptist very briefly. And we've looked at Mary. But now I want to share with you from Luke chapter 2. We see another scene. The, uh, the angel of the Lord, a messenger from God comes and speaks, not to Mary this time and not, not, to, not, to, not to Zachariah, but this time the Bible says in verse number, number 9 or in verse number 8, to the shepherds who are abiding in the field. And as I read these verses here in Luke chapter 2, I wrote down the second pledge we can pray. Remember, the Christmas story is about bringing joy to the world through Jesus Christ. I solemnly pledge that whatever comes my way, I will not lose the Christmas joy. And then as I wrote, wrote down this from Luke 2, Luke chapter 2, verse 10, I solemnly pledge that whoever comes my way, I will spread the Christmas joy. I solemnly pledge that whoever comes my way, I will spread the Christmas joy. Look at verse number 8, Luke 2. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And the Bible says, Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. They found their way to that place in Bethlehem. And I want you to know this, that these shepherds, we are told as we study these passages, were the ones who began to, to publish the news about this Savior. And I want you to know, church, God just as he's commissioned them during that day to tell people about how Emmanuel came in the flesh, he's commissioned you, he's commissioned me to go out into the world and tell people about the joy that we can find in Jesus Christ. To tell them that hey, when you are in times of sorrow Jesus can bring you joy. When you're in a time going through grief and death, Jesus can give you joy. When you're going through a storm, Jesus can give you joy. When you're in the valley of life, God can give you joy. When you're on top of the mountain, Jesus can give you joy wherever season you're in, whether you're in the fall of life, whether you're in the summer of life, the spring or the winter. God, through Jesus, can give you joy unspeakable and full of glory. I want you to know, church, that there is no joy like the joy found in Jesus Christ. Today I want I want I want it to to just be a fresh commitment for us all this Christmas season that we're going to take every opportunity and we're going to advance the good news of Jesus Christ. Why should we do that? Well, of course the Bible tells us to. But secondly, because Jesus has done so much for us. Yeah, he's given you joy, and if you're not full of joy today, something's wrong. Because hey, your sins have been forgiven two thousand years ago. Yes, Jesus was born in a in a little stable in a manger. But he didn't stay there. He went to the cross. And on that cross, the Bible says that he paid the penalty for your sins and my sins. And he rose victoriously from the grave. And through his death, through his resurrection, we have joy. And God wants us to share that joy. Not just here on Sunday. Not just in Sunday school. Not just in junior church. Not just in Lighthouse Kids Club. Not just through a bus ministry. But God wants us every opportunity whether it's in politics, whether it's, whether it's in the prisons, whether, whatever it is, God wants us to share the Christmas joy. And I'll tell you, our Congress needs that joy. Our nation needs that joy. It's time that, that instead of injecting ourselves with all the antibiotics and all the medicines that we need to help our health, maybe it's time we get a little dose of the Christmas joy shot up in our veins through the Word of God. I solemnly pledge that whoever comes my way, I will spread the Christmas joy. Yes, when I see that uncle, that, oh man, who we just, nobody likes. When I see that aunt, that, oh man, she's got a word for everything and a saying for everybody. When we see that individual in our family that, that we, let's just be frank, that we don't really care to see during Christmas and the holidays, God has commissioned us to tell them about the Christmas joy found in Jesus. When we see that coworker who, you know, doesn't smell the nicest and doesn't look the greatest and is not the funnest to be around, when we see that peer in our classroom that, that hey, nobody really likes or or they just think they're all that in a bag of chips when, when we know that they are none of that and they surely ain't a bag of Doritos. When God wants us to share that joy with everybody, let this day be a reminder that in the good in the bad and the ugly we have joy and we get to spread that joy may we transition now to Matthew's gospel if you would turn over to Matthew chapter 2 I want you to know that we talk about why the wise men And I love the Christmas songs like The First of Well and how it talks about the three wise men, how they brought the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But the Bible doesn't say specifically how many wise men came. Tradition, which sometimes Jewish tradition is very, very accurate and sometimes it's not. So there's no way for us to know exactly how many wise men there were. but, But tradition tells us that because there were three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, And they brought those gifts and brought them to Jesus, which, by the way, he was not in the manger when they brought it to him. A couple years had transpired, and they brought it to their house where they were living. But tradition just tells us there were three. But we don't know that. But as I come to Matthew chapter 2 and verse number 10, I wrote down this third thought today of how we can bring joy to the world through these pledges. I wrote down thirdly. I solemnly pledge that whenever I lose my way, I will search for the Christmas joy. I solemnly pledge that whenever I lose my way, I will search for the Christmas joy. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 2 and verse number 1 that Jesus has already been born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, the same king that was during the time of John the Baptist. They were contemporaries, if you will. They lived the same time period. And the Bible says that these wise men came to this area where Herod was reigning over. And, and they said, where is he that is born king of the Jews? And Herod and these people, they began to get a little frustrated. They began to think, oh, is there another king that's arisen who's going to take over my kingship? Herod thought. And so he brought these wise men in. And, and long story short... He said, go and search and find this king. It was not so that he could worship him as he said, but we know that later on in Matthew chapter 2, he sent out a decree to kill all the babies who were about two years old and younger because he was trying to annihilate Jesus. In fact, it wasn't just him. It was the arch enemy, the devil, who was trying to silence the power of God through the Son of God. But we know that even as powerful as, as Satan is and has, has sweeped a, a whole host of people to, to spend eternity with him in hell, we know that he does not compare to the omnipotent power of the Son of God. Because when Jesus was on this earth, he walked on water. When Jesus was on this earth, he healed those that were blind. He healed those who could not hear. He raised those who were dead like Lazarus and he rose from the grave. The devil has no power compared to Jesus. And we know that, that the Bible tells us here that, that these wise men, I, if I was a wise man, I would have gotten lost because I, I need my friend Siri to help guide me. <laughs> or Alexa, for those of all of you Android users. If you're an Android user, the altar's open. You need to get right with God. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I need, my Google, I need my Google Maps or my Apple Maps to guide me around or just an old-fashioned map. Yes, I know how to use that. And yes, I know that my, uh, my map on my phone has led me astray a time or two. But I'll tell you what, if your boy was trying to be led by a star, I'd really be lost. <laughs> Can you imagine in our high-tech society using the constellations to guide us as a map? My mom, I, I just can't grasp it. I look up to the sky, I can barely find all the constellations that we talk about in astrology. I couldn't imagine using it as a way to travel. And that's how the culture of this day traveled. That's how they were guided at night. And there, these wise men were looking to the stars. And there, lo and behold, they they saw the star shining over Bethlehem. And it brought them to Jesus. And the Bible says in verse number 10, that when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great, say it with me, joy. And the Bible says that when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child. So he's no longer a baby, he's a young child now. With Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. Notice in all these scenes, when, when the angels came to bring a message, when Gabriel came, none of them bowed down to worship the angels they bow down to worship the Son of God because only He is worth our worship. And here they brought before Him gold. Man, the fine treasures of this day and time. Frankincense and myrrh. And then they were warned of God not to go back to Herod because they knew, because God knew Herod's motive was not pure. You know, maybe you're here today Maybe you're traveling and wandering in life. You're looking for a star. Maybe you're looking for somebody to guide you. May I share a verse with you? The Bible says, Trust in the Lord and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. You want to be guided in this life? Well, give your life to Jesus and he will guide you every day. And no matter where he leads you, no matter what he feeds you, he will give you joy. You know, I love studying hymnology and the hymns that we sing. And in 1719, Isaac Watts wrote a, wrote a poem, which, by the way, was never intended originally to be used as a song, much less a Christmas song. In Psalm chapter 98, he was meditating in that passage. We're not going to read it today, but, but in that chapter, it's about the second coming and future judgment of God. And yes, we talk about God's joy this season, but yes, one day God's judgment is coming. And that's why we have to prepare. But he was meditating in Psalm 98, Psalm ninety-eight, and he began to write down words that he compiled into a poem. And about a hundred years later, a music teacher stumbled across this poem that he took And put a melody to. Can you imagine? Maybe you're here and and you've lost your joy of serving God. And you think that, man, I've done service to you, Lord, but all these years and and I just don't see the fruit. Well, maybe the fruit's only going to come in years down the road when you're no longer here. Isaac Watts wrote that poem. And then another guy comes, takes that poem, and turns it into a song, and it wasn't originally intended to be a Christmas song because it's about the second coming. But it was released during the Christmas season in the 1800s, and became the number one Christmas song of all time in America. If you got your hymnals, I want to read this song to you. It's called "Joy to the World," and if you turn to 270. we see how this song proves the test of time. This song, even though it was written in 1700s, the lyrics, and then in the 1800s is when the music was composed, that this song, I don't know what it is about this song, but man, I am blessed by this song. And it's no wonder it's the number one Christian Christmas song in America. But it says, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing. Verse 2. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ, while fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. No more let sin and sorrow grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow, for as the curse is found. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of His righteousness and wonders of His love. Do you have that joy? That Jesus joy, that Christmas joy down in your heart? Today I solemnly pledge that whenever I lose my way, I will search for the Christmas joy. I pledge that whoever comes my way, I will spread the Christmas joy. And I pledge that whatever comes my way, I will not lose the Christmas joy. And if these messages have been helpful to you, please leave a review. If I could be of any help in your spiritual walk, please let me know by emailing me at pastorbrianratliff at yahoo.com. And one last thing, if you're in Roanoke, please consider joining us for one of our worship services at Clearbrook Baptist Church. Until next time, may God's blessings be upon you, and have a great week.